This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Now on Joy 94.9, this is The Glow Show with your hosts, Victoria Police LGBTI Liaison Officer, Gabrielle Tayak, Joy's own Will Lanting, with a range of Victoria Police staff and Joy volunteers coming together to inform and support our diverse LGBTI communities. Here is The Glow Show on Joy. Good evening. You're on The Glow Show on Joy 94.9 with Gabby and Will. It's a really lovely evening in Melbourne, and I'm always really excited to be here. I know, I'm always excited to be here too. Monday. And you let me start the show. I know, this is unusual, I know, but it's we, weird. we're giving you a little bit of a, an intro go. We'll yeah. see. We'll see Mix how it go. up a little bit. Yeah, we'll see how I go. And we've got to change things, you know. And I brought in a very special guest because I know you love it when we have the specialist police coming in from oh, yeah. very different areas that you normally probably wouldn't get a chance to talk to. No, no. Who have we got in tonight, Gabby? The Water Police, Sergeant Matt Henderson. Matt. <laughs> That's a bit nautical, that uh, It that kind of is. <laughs> Welcome oh. to the Glow Show, Matt. Thanks, Gabby and Will. Uh, <laughs> well done on the intro. Well done on the shirt, Will. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we wanted you to come in on one of your boats. Did that happen? Burke Street is a little landlocked. <laughs> a little I, I, it was a consideration. Oh. It didn't quite work out yet. Okay. But I'm on it. One of my dreams is to have the police boat with a police horse on it, with a police dog sitting in the saddle, and me on top of the whole lot. <laughs> Can I join be, you? I want that photo. Yeah, me too. Mm. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Okay, we're, we're getting we, on that. We'll now, make it happen. Now we just have to put the boat on a, I don't know, like a cert <laughs> truck or something like that, or an SOG or just vehicle, and next, just roll it straight here to the studio. Just wait for the next big thunderstorm, I'm sure. <laughs> Get enough water down Burke Street. Actually, we've had a bit of um, a drought lately. Uh, getting a we'll, bit of rain now and again. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll get more. some soon because those dams and all that are getting a little bit uh, empty and these water police probably need somewhere to drive their boat. So, yeah, so Matt, <laughs> speaking of the water police, where are you situated and, and um, what do you do? Yeah, well, the water police is actually based out of Williamstown. Uh, they cover the whole entire state of Victoria from that location other than we do have an outpost station at uh, Painesville down, on, down at Lakes Entrance. Okay. And so what does the what is the role when when you join the water police and we'll get back to in a little bit what happened and when you join the Victoria police and your story there. But what people don't probably really know other than watching water rats what do the water police do? Yeah, well the the marquee role the one that everyone gets excited about is the search and rescue function. Uh, so it's we're responsible for coordinating all search and rescue incidents that happen on water for this whole state. Uh, when we're not doing those activities, we also uh, do regular law enforcement, very similar to a highway patrol, just out on the water. Um, and we provide specialist support to other units within Victoria Police as well. So, you so can, I guess sorry, the specialist, uh, so when there's like an emergency situation that, uh, say, maybe the police air wing would have and then they need some water support, they call you guys in, obviously. Yeah, some good yeah. examples might be a situation where uh, an incident might occur on a passenger ship. The mm-hmm. specialist operations have to deploy to uh, arrest someone or deal with someone. We would actually carry them, you know, obviously from shore to that location. It's the only way to get there. Um, we help out in flood support. 
uh, things like that, ferrying people back and forth, helping with evacuations. Um, it's, it's endless, really. There's there's so many things. Everything that you can think of to do with the water, we'll, we'll help out with. So when I think of water, obviously I just think of the bay and obviously our coastal towns, but do you, like, oh, you wouldn't work on the Murray because that's technically New South Wales waters, but say the Eildon, would you be out there as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eildon, Eildon translates to uh, a, a round about 50% of, of boating activity, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, all those inland lakes, rivers and, and small waterways that you don't think of. We, we go and visit them all pretty regularly as well making sure everyone's safe and happy and doing the right thing up there. So it's like a lot of those places, unless you're doing a search and rescue scenario or activity, um, you basically doing what like Highway Patrol do, stop people from speeding, I'd say drink and boat driving, yeah. same laws, and we might have walked through that a little bit. Absolutely. We'll, yeah. we, we're checking licences, making sure that people are licensed, making sure their boats are registered, making sure they've got all the necessary safety equipment if an emergency does come up. Mm-hmm. You know, things like flares, torches, fire exting- extinguishers, they're the seatbelts of, the, of the sea or the waterway. So just all of those things are, are in order and we're happy. And then it's down to operator behaviour, um, drinking, drug taking, all the usual usual things that you would get in highway patrol. So are they the same laws that apply? Yeah, yeah. Actually, the you know the Marine uh, Safety Act is is a mirror of the Road Safety Act. So very very comparable, and they've been tailored obviously to suit the specifics of that environment, but but very similar. Silly question that comes from myself: If uh, I was convicted for drink boat driving, would I lose my Victorian road driving license? Not a silly question. Great question. Yeah, plenty, plenty of people do ask that one. Uh, you do not. They're not linked. Wow. Um, so for, for the time being, any uh, any demerits on your car license don't affect your boat, boat license and vice versa. Do you think that will change? Look, it's an interesting one. Uh, it, I, I would personally like to see it change. I think uh, demerits that translate would have people behaving in both both arenas. Uh, anything that encourages people to, to stick to the laws is great by me. Um, I, I guess there's a lot of logistics in, involved in that, and it's it'll be a way down the down the track. Because I see that as a deterrent. Is that people were not driving their boat to work every day, for example, so they would probably come a little bit more flamboyant with the laws and if it was to translate across, they would certainly think twice because drink and boat operating, to me, would be just as dangerous, if not more dangerous than drink driving in a lot of cases. Yeah, look, absolutely. The interesting part of that is that people still look at boating as a recreational activity and they don't take it as seriously as they would driving their car. Um, But I can tell you when I arrived at the water police, it shocked me how much skill, expertise you need just to navigate safely to know what's going on you've got you know the 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 wind and the waves and the tides and the currents and the channel markers and the contour of the bottom of the ocean doesn't affect your car when you're driving on the freeway so there's all these other things that come into play that you need to know about and yet um, I guess some people just will, are happier to go out and drink a lot more and it's seen as a party activity, um, which, is, which is, is great to a degree as long as they're responsible and they're taking care of all the other things. Mm. And you're on The Glow Show, Joy 94.9. We're with Sergeant Matt Henderson from Water Police of all things, which is infinitely fascinating. So, yeah. Matt, how many boats do you have uh, the water police at the moment's got about 27 uh, wow. at, at, at Williamstown uh, and uh, a couple more up at Gippsland. Mm-hmm. So a fair few. That ranges everything from uh, jet skis to uh, surf rescue rubber duckies. That's it. I'm joining. 
jet skis. <laughs> they, they, they are fun. Everybody loves loves when the jet ski pulls up, unless you've done something wrong, of course. But God, you must have a fight at work who's getting the jet ski keys that day. They're a great look. They're, uh, <laughs> they're certainly great to work on on a warm summer's day. Not so much fun in the winter, yeah. but you've uh, you've got to got to take the hits with the good stuff too, don't you? Exactly. Actually, I remember as a, a kid, I used to ride my motorbike around the local quarry, and we had the the what we call we called them the TT police because they rode the TT six hundred motorbikes, and and it was always our ambition to join the police force and become a TT copper. I wouldn't know what they got now on the dirt bikes, but we couldn't think of a better job in the world than drive a dirt bike everywhere all day, every day. But yeah, and I, look, I've seen that exact situation with kids all over the place. They see the jet skis, and that's what makes them want to join the water place. They really love it. They love climbing over it. Um, Look, we pretty frequently stop on shore and have a rest break and stuff like that. Let the kids climb over, have a look. It's a good chance to, you know, it's one of those really great roles that I love where kids get to see police in a non, uh, non-threatening, non really fun way and interact with us and see that we're helpers and, and we're all about their safety and all the good stuff. Maybe we'll get this kid and you can have a bit of a crawl over. I'd love it, I'd love it, I'd love it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Will's referring to himself here. Oh, God, I would love to. It'd be well, fantastic. I know I, I was down at Williamstown a little while ago because I was visiting one of our glows, Sergeant Amanda Bowden, who's moved down there, and um, I came and met you and that's how we've got you on the show. And I know that next door to where your office, you've also also got the search and rescue so they are they a little bit separate to your role well not really um, essentially what is positioned there is the RCC or the rescue coordination center it basically operates like a it's a statewide uh, emergency management center somewhat similar to triple o any search and rescue jobs come in there and that ranges from you know someone who's got dementia who's lost in an urban environment to someone who's bushwalking in the mountains to someone who's uh fallen out of their boat in the ocean so it collects all of those jobs Um, we go over the details see who the most appropriate responding unit is and then hand it over to them search and rescue in particular take care of everything on land Um, so think alpine think bush think rural Um, also those urban searches and and ironically although they're essentially a land squad they also do the diving so they do the subsurface um, activities as police divers. That's a uh, separate whole unit, the police diving unit, I believe. No, no, no search and search and rescue they do covers all of those roles. Very okay. di- very diverse work- workplace. So when it comes to search and rescue, how much physical reach do you have? So at what point? I, I can obviously imagine the bay. You you pretty much cover quite well, and obviously the the coastal regions you, you cover quite well. But um, when a say a cargo vessel it's in the shipping lanes, for example, in between Victoria and Tasmania. So how much reach do you guys have out in the Australian oceans there? Yeah, uh, so we uh, basically patrol out to the economic exclusion zone. Um, generally, most of our operations are within 33 miles of the coast, mm-hmm. um, but we have powers over ships that that come to and from other ports as well. Obviously, there's things like drug importation. Um, sometimes it could be... Uh, a, a passenger ship coming from New Zealand that's got a, a problem passenger on board and when it makes port here if they've committed any offences we'll have to uh, assist with that investigation as well so lo- lots of different things but in a search and rescue sense there is an, a big uh, another RCC a national one it lives in Canberra mm-hmm. and it monitors shipping activity for all of Australia so if anything's too far out for our vessels to reach or it's too big of a job for us to handle they have aircraft they have large ocean going vessels um, they, they take care of that role 
and and hand off to us where it's appropriate, or we'll hand off to them where it exceeds our so sort of abilities. A yachting ship on its way to Antarctica or something that's in trouble in yep. Arctic waters, generally in something you wouldn't go out to. You don't have the physical reach to do a yeah, SAR to them. Yeah, correct. Look, a SAR being a search and rescue. We can go a long, long way. Um, we're very frequently doing rescues anywhere between Melbourne and Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and out to that sort of range. Um, our our largest vessel, VPO1, is certainly capable of going offshore for about five days or thereabouts. Um, so we can cover quite a lot of different distance, but when it exceeds that, it becomes an aircraft job or um, we actually call on the aid of passing merchant ships or any other vessels in the area, Navy, um, all of it. So lots of resources involved. Excellent stuff. You're on The Glow Show. Joy 94.9 with Sergeant Matt Henderson from The Water Police. Stay tuned for some more. You're listening to The Glow Show on Joy. Back soon. Your community is our business. Joy 94.9. Welcome back. This is The Glow Show on Joy. Yes, you are on the Glow Show Joy 94.9 with Will and Gabby, and we have Sergeant Matt Henderson from the Water Police. So we're talking about boats and jet skis and all the good stuff that I love. And I noticed that on your epaulets that you have a little... Um I've gone blank. It's an anchor. <laughs> an anchor. An, an anchor on your epaulet, which is really cool. It looks really sailory. So we want one. I want one too. <laughs> <laughs> so is that something that the water police have worn since they, they started in Victoria Police? And, and yet know a little bit about the history of the water police for us. Um, Might you, be putting you on the spot you, there. you are putting me on the spot because I'm probably not a history buff. But um, no, uh, look, I guess uh, the, the water police have had the anchors on there to sim, uh, it signifies being a qualified mariner. So one of the interesting things about the water police, you might turn up day one as a senior constable off the div van. You uh, then go through a training and induction course and over the next sort of 18 months to two years, you actually get trained in a whole other profession as well as your policing. So you actually learn how to become a, a boat captain. Um, you also learn how to become a vessel engineer and that's just to enable you to look after your craft and everyone at sea. So it's really interesting. That culminates in qualifications like uh, a coxswain certificate or what we call a master certificate. And, and it's, basically, it's basically a nationally recognised trade certificate. So it was 18 months, the full training from when you joined. Now, yeah. Can we wind back? Where, when did you join the police force? Did you join it as the water police or did you join the police force first and work through various yeah, regions so- and then becoming eventually made your way to the water police. So well, tell us your history a little bit. Well, I, le- I left uni around about, uh, yeah, obviously about, mm-hmm. about 20 years of age, joined the police force. I've been with Vic Pole for about 21 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked lots of general duties between the city and, and the western suburbs. Um, I'd done a long stint at Werribee in uniform there um, as an acting sergeant before I ended up uh, at the water police. Um, that, I've been with them for about 13 years. Um, really interesting. You still get to do a lot of the regular policing functions. We're, we're arresting people for thefts. We're um, attending domestics on the water from time to time. We're certainly doing a highway patrol style function, but you get all these other great aspects that go with it. You know, the, the, the learning, the qualifications, um, and riding a jet ski, which I know Will's <laughs> really excited about. I want to do it. I want to come. I want to come. Okay, we're definitely going down for a visit. I'll have to bring Will with me so we can have a look at all your vessels. Um, but so if I, who has really got no experience on the water, wanted to join, I don't know why because I get seasick, but um, if I did or if another police officer was listening, could I just apply or do I need some background? 
No, absolutely. Uh, it's open to anybody to apply. There's no uh, prerequisites. You, when you do apply, you actually have to pass a bronze medallion swim um, to gain entry. Um, you pass a short nautical knowledge exam, but that's really just on par with your boat license. So if, if you wanted to join the water police, you could probably pop down to Vic Roads, book in for your test, study for a couple of weeks, get your boat license, and that would stand you in good stead for passing an entry test to the water police. So it's there is a little bit, little bit of knowledge required, and, mm. and, and what we'd really like to see is that people have an aptitude or an enjoyment for it. It's not good if you do arrive and, <laughs> and, and find that you're really uncomfortable out on the boat. So and, it's not for me. And it has happened a couple of times, Gab. Like, you, <laughs> we'd love to have you, um, but, uh, you know, if you do come, and, and certainly I remember years ago when I arrived, there were certainly a couple of people who'd arrived, got positions, and then found that it wasn't to their liking, um, and, and that's, fi- that's fine too. But other people will get used to it. And other people just love being out on the water. So that's that's a good start. If you think you like boating, that's a good start. I think I do until I get on there and then I feel sick. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> so really not for me. But I think there's a lot of people listening, even people who want to join the police who think, wow, that's actually an avenue I could look at going in. But um, it's just really interesting that you don't need any background for that. It's, it'll, it'll encourage a lot more people to either join or go for positions in this area. Yeah, well, it's like a lot of things. Sometimes if you've got uh, a long history of boating or other skills and attributes, maybe you've picked up some bad habits as well. So often we find the best candidates are the ones who are a blank canvas. We train them the way we want them. And, uh, and they end up being great operators. I mean, to me, to join the water police has fun and, and brilliance written all over it. But in, in every job, and I know that then people look at my job and go, wow, and think, and, but there are tough and challenging aspects to it. So what, I mean, the first thing I think of, you driving the jet ski, you, the cold would be the thing that would knock you around the most. But clearly, the, what are some of the challenging um, aspects of being part of the water police? Well, one, one of the things that is an interesting part of our role is because we do cover the whole state, we travel quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So you are away from friends, family and home uh, fairly frequently. Um, some people really enjoy that aspect. Some find it challenging. So that, that can be one of, the, one of the things that people should consider. Um, I definitely have spent the opposites of those balmy summer days uh, patrolling in, you know, uh, beautiful conditions, sitting in a boat freezing cold at three in the morning, escorting a warship through the heads or... Um, you know, with with huge seas. So, yeah, it's challenging, but uh, really enjoyable. You're on Joy 94.9 with The Glow Show, Gabby and Will, and we're talking to Sergeant Matt Henderson from the Water Police about some of the um, issues he's been dealing with as a Water Police member. Um, And I guess I know that there's been quite a few drownings over the last summer, quite an increase, and I'm wondering if you can tell us why and perhaps a way that people can help protect themselves? Yeah, look, one of the ways that comes to the water police's attention most often is uh, rock fishermen or people in those uh, those sort of rock shelf areas that are like trying to gather, you know, gather shellfish or whatnot, um, and they get washed off by waves. Their ability is not there to swim, um, certainly not to negotiate the kind of waves and currents that they get in that location, and, and, and they do perish in those situations. Um, I guess... You know, awareness is just part of it. Always let someone know where you're going so that someone's aware that you're missing for starters. You know, that let someone know before you go message is so important. And um, be aware of your surroundings. You know, don't get so engrossed in what you're doing that you're not paying attention to the ocean because it, it, can, it can bite you. So the ocean's 
been the pub, big, public's biggest problem you feel at the moment? Well, look, I, th- I would say uh, aside from those, which really, you know, it, it's up to the individual to manage those ones. The ones that affect us with the ward police and the ones that we want to have an impact on are really uh, shared zones at the moment are a bit of an issue. So let's say you have a, a, an area like uh, St Kilda Beach, which is now swim, swimmers only and only allows, you know, jet skis or boats to come in and out at certain locations much better. We're keeping our swimmers away from our boats. Uh, Recent times have seen uh, deaths as a result of people being run over in the ocean or on lakes and rivers. And, you know, we're really always pushing to see those areas separated. So you take your boat or your jet ski out in one area and everyone else can enjoy family time swimming and other pursuits in their own area. So that's a big issue. And when the two meet, that's where we have problems. I know we briefly talked about alcohol and boats, but do you think that's more of a problem than the roads at the moment? And I'm thinking, you know, like the Yarra and some of the yacht clubs and uh, the the leisure boating that goes around locally. You know, people are um, in relaxed mode. They're they're enjoying their time off, so to speak. So they they want to take to a drink, you know, enjoy the weekend or enjoy the day, the day outing. So is this a bigger problem than normal? Do you think it's something that the boating community needs to talk about a lot more? No, well, look, my my impression of that is actually the opposite. I Good. find that uh, many people, especially in in sailing clubs, motorboat squads, they they actually have an appreciation of how much attention you need to pay when you're on the water. There's often a designated driver. I, f- I find uh, a lot of a lot of people out on the water are taking that that advice from us. Someone's looking after the boat and driving it. Everyone else is enjoying themselves which is a great approach. That's excellent, yeah. yeah. So what about the jet skis? Are they still a problem? Because I've heard over the last few years that um, there's been a lot of community backlash with jet skis tearing up and down certain beaches. So we're knowing nothing about that sort of stuff, there's been effective segregation. Is that working well still at this stage? It works to a point, and what we've done to augment that is, uh, in particular this summer, we did Operation Jetwash, and it's a it's a whole of squad approach. We will literally deploy the entire water police squad to one area on a given day and saturate it completely. Wow! Uh, and what that means is that when we pull up and we see twenty jet skis misbehaving, and there might only be two officers there, by the time they intercept one or two, the other the other you know eighteen have disappeared. So this is about us catching up with everyone. Absolute zero tolerance. We deal with it on the spot and then we'll move on to the next problem area. And we've had great success with that this summer. And the next thing that really comes to mind that where we definitely get to see you blokes is during celebration times up and down the Yarra. Has that proved to be busy nights for you guys? Yeah, extremely busy. And those are the nights that we really are always focusing on uh, alcohol use, drug use, driver behaviour. I think that we are actually... Uh, so strong in that area and people are so used to seeing us in that area that they know they're going to get breath tested on those nights. They absolutely expect it and generally they can they can front a uh, decent sober captain for us. I was recently working during Moomba um, on the Yarra and we saw one of your vessels parked um, near Birong Ma and we went over and had a chat and they were nice enough, you weren't there, uh, but they were nice enough to invite us on board for a photo and then we went for a little potter down the Yarra and even in that short time we pulled over to um, one of those uh, higher 
boats, the little yep. dinghy kind of things, because yep. um, they were speeding. They were going over the, the not speed limit. See, the, I'm the, talking the like knot. I've got, yeah, the knots. Knots. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a, a water person. The knotterage. But, but, I mean, it shows even when you're just hiring a boat for an hour or something, you need to be aware of the laws and, and, what, and what you can and can't do, even where you can travel on the water. Yeah, look, there's some real challenges in that arena and we're seeing a lot more of it now. People love the idea of going out on the hour in a boat for the afternoon and having a wine and all that. And when you go and hire one of those craft, you are exempt from certain things. You don't need to have a licence to take them out for an hour, um, which is great because it makes it accessible for everybody, but they often are caught out by those other behaviours. So if they're not doing the right thing or they don't know how to work their boat, look, one of the great things is a lot of the companies around here are pretty good at keeping their boats low-powered. So even if people are going full out, they're, they're, not, they're not going terribly fast. But it's, but it's an interesting challenge for us. Mm, no, it's fascinating stuff. Matt, it's been brilliant talking to you tonight. Um, it's great having different departments in from the Victorian Police Force. Victoria Police Force, not Victorian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Victoria Police Force. Uh, look, I, you have a great job. I, I'm dying to come out and have a look at the facility one day. It, uh, it really, and I definitely want to have a look at the jet ski. I'm dying for that. <laughs> but uh, thanks for coming in tonight. It was a pleasure talking to you. And yeah, I got a lot out of that. It's really, really fascinating. Hope to see you again once some night soon. Thanks, Will. You're welcome. I still won't be going out on the water. Why not? It I'll, makes me ill. I'll take you out in the jet ski. You can sit in the back with me. We'll fill you full of quells. You'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll take you up on that. You, you might be asleep, but you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. You all have a great week. Gabby, you stay safe and have a great week. You've been listening to The Glow Show. Join 94.9. That's it from us today. Thanks for listening to another Glow Show on Joy. Tonight's episode has just been loaded to the Joy website and our podcast feed on iTunes. So if you missed anything important, you can hear it again now. Please support the volunteers who make the Glow Show happen by subscribing to our podcast and sharing them with your friends on social media. The Glow Show is produced by Will Lansing and Gabrielle Tyak and edited weekly by me, Jason Gibbs. See you next time on Joy. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.